You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Amen. That's a great song. I appreciate that. And uh, now, if you don't mind, just open your Bibles. We're going to get into the book of Ephesians one more time before the Christmas messages finally come. But I'm going to, I want to, I thought I was going to develop a Christmas message today, but I really felt impressed that um, with the verse, the one verse we're going to deal with today will head us into the next, kind of the next section of this chapter. And I, I wanted to at least give the introduction of this before we uh, without doubt, you know, uh, preach on Christmas time and stuff in the next, uh, in the weeks ahead. But uh, Ephesians chapter 5, if you'll find your place there, Ephesians chapter 5, I've got an idea. Many of you can quote this verse without even looking at um, where it's at. I mean, once we say it, uh, many of you uh, possibly, if you have a Bible memory a uh, little packet of verses you've ever memorized. Usually, this verse is in there. It's in verse 18. Now, um, we've worked our way on down through where we're at, and I will bring us up to par here in just a moment to bring us up to where verse 18 is. It's almost like, especially if you're visiting, it's like we're just pulling this verse out of the air and using it to preach on. But in reality, guys, it is a... Um, it's, it's a verse that has been led up to with many of God's thoughts. This chapter, this book is written to God's people in a church setting. It's written so that churches can know uh, what we're supposed to look like as a church, as a congregation. It's also written so that when we leave church and we're out there in the world, I'm, I'm at my home, I'm at my job, I'm, I'm now somebody in my family it shows us how to live. What is my life supposed to look like? And if you'll be willing to understand that this life has never been intended to be about me, it's always been intended about Jesus Christ. Uh, like the song said uh, that he's called Lord. Um, it's, it's always supposed to be about me yielding to him and seeing what this life looks like uh, through the actions, through the eyes, uh, through the ears of God himself. And so you say, well, that can never be done with a human being. Well, you're right if verse 18 was not in the Bible, but it is. And God intends that to happen on my life, listen to this, on a daily basis. Every day God expects this kind of a life out of me and you. And so Sunday is not just the day we throw our church clothes on and, and really, really act like Christians. Sunday should be like any other day of the week that I am doing everything I can to let God live his life through me. That's the best church to go to. Man, that's the greatest family to come in and eat dinner with. That's the kind of guy you want to work alongside of, is that guy that, man, there's something different about him. Well, let me just say this, it's not something different, it's someone different about those kind of people. And I long to be like that. I long that our congregation would, uh, would live in that way and let Christ be seen in him. When people come to Eastside Baptist Church, they could sense that the Lord was at work in, in the people, and uh, it's critical. It's, it's really, really important. So if you just drop down to verse 18 with me, it's one verse, 
Um, you can read it out loud with me. Would you mind doing that? So in verse uh, chapter 5, Ephesians 5 and verse 18, read it with me. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And we'll have prayer there. God, I thank you for the health and the strength and the ability to be here with God's people today, uh, with the body of believers that we call the church. Thank you for a nice building to worship in. But I know the church are the ones sitting in the pew here today. I know that the uh, Word of God is intended to be directed into the heart and souls of people. So God, would you do that today? God teaches how to just yield to you right now, that if there is something that is distracting us, maybe it's something that really upset us this week or even this morning, um, something that just has our attention, I'm asking you to help us to get refocused, arrest our attention, and bring it back upon you. And we'll do our best to give you the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Most of my life, um, more so I'd say since I became an adult, because that's probably when I would become more aware of what I'm going to read to you, I, and especially today, uh, with the commercials on the radio and on the, and the television, people want to give their testimonials. And what they try to catch your attention with is these words, this has changed my life. And I've never heard of so many things that will change your life. Did you know if you will buy a MyPillow? I don't know if you've ever heard of a MyPillow. The world has heard of it 5,000 times. And that old jingle they sing with it that is, you know, they on purpose take it back into the 40s and 50s. Um, everybody could sing it. If I started singing it, you'd think it was a hymn. You've heard it so many times. But uh, they guarantee you, if you will sleep on that pillow, it will change your life. Um, so I, I was looking at several things. Um, I just flipped up online and typed those words in, and there's probably hundreds of those things that uses that line in there. If you'll just read the book titled, by the way, I don't endorse the book, I don't know anything about this book. It just has the wording in it. So if, if you'll read the book called The Five-Second Rule, it'll change your life. And, and it says it on the, on the, right there. And you can change your life in five seconds. Wow. My dad changed my life in about one second. I'm going to tell you that. It didn't take longer for dad to change my life. <laughs> Ladies, there's a product called smooth skin that is guaranteed to change your life uh, or uh, you, you could probably think of some yourself another one was the sleep number bed and the number of people in this world it's just changed their life i mean they are such different people now and uh, so my house is going to be crammed full of all these things by the time i figure out all the things that will change my life I've got to make sure to get that in all those products. You know, the truth of the matter is this. Things on the outside of you, things external, will really never change your life. Uh, they'll change your circumstances for a while. Uh, they'll make things different for you for a while. Um, but really, for what they're trying to say to you and make you think, they won't do for you what you really what you really really need 
Because what I need is not something that happens to me on the outside. It's what happens inside. That will change your life. Uh, The day I invited Jesus Christ to be my Savior, obviously, changed my life, changed my direction that I was going, uh, and, and I don't care what, uh, you know, once you come to an age of accountability, you understand the difference between right and wrong. You know you're making wrong choices. You've reached that age where you're now accountable before God. And, and up until that point, I realized that when I come to realize I was, uh, I was a sinner and I knew what, what it was to do wrong, I, I was guilty before God and I would have gone to hell had I died like that. But at nine years of age, I'm so thankful I got saved at an early life at an early age. <laughs> um, but, but God changed me inside and out, and he, he reached into my heart, and, and he didn't tuck a pillow under my head or put smooth stuff on my skin. He didn't give me a sleep number bed or it didn't put a five-second book in my hand. God reached into my heart and changed me inside out. And that's what God wants to do. Friend, if you're here this morning, and, I'm, and I know sometimes my sermon is a little backwards, and I usually put the gospel toward the end, but let me put it at the beginning. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, everything you're trying to do on the outside will never change your life. There's only one that can do that. And he starts from the inside and works his way out. And I would challenge you this morning, if you don't know him as Savior, man, what are you waiting on? What are you running from? Are you really believing the ads that there's something out in the world that can change your life? Because there's nothing out there. Uh, it's the one that comes into your heart. So once Christ comes to live in us, then the world becomes perfect, doesn't it? There's no more problems. I've never had another heartache. Trials never come my way. There's never a bad day at our house. We've never argued since we've gotten saved. Um, I'm not hearing any amens uh, at all for some reason Uh, life has just been so smooth since I got saved and and I've never had any problems and the truth of the matter is when Christ comes to live in my in my life he changes my soul and my destiny and he gives me the potential to live like him but hear the word he gives me the potential to live like him Friend, it's your choice whether or not your life looks like Jesus or not. It's your choice. It's your choice whether your marriage is a a marriage made in heaven. It's your choice. Uh, It's up to you whether or not your language changes and and your kids hear daddy talking differently than they ever used to and, and, and mom and daddy getting along so much better than I ever saw my mom and daddy ever get along. It's up to you whether those things happen from the day you get saved it's up to you what you do with Christ Christ changed your destiny he forgave your sin he suffered uh, for what we should have you know died for and my destiny is heaven and if I die today I'm going straight to heaven I think we could all just say an amen to that God saved us and we're going to heaven but this life on earth is dependent upon what you do with Christ after you get saved God can change you inside out and he can literally change your life if you'll let him be not drunk with wine where it is excess but here it is be filled with the spirit 
And that's where the Lord wants us to come to and at this place in Scripture. If you remember, uh, working our way through the Bible in uh, chapter 5, you find the wording there in verse 1 that says, be followers of God as dear children. What that means is to mimic God. Be just like God. Act your life like God acts. And, and, and do the things that God does. Say the words that God would want you to say. Only listen to the things that God would want you to hear. Only walk to the places you, uh, where God would want you to walk to. And, and you say, well, preacher, you're describing a life. that I, could really, I can't live that way uh, all the time. And I would say to you, I, I know that. None of us can live that kind of a, a perfect life uh, if it's you trying to do it. But if there's something inside of you that takes control of your life, then there's somebody else living their life through you. There's somebody else that gives you a different desire inside, and, and, uh, and, and you want things to be good in a home. You want relationships to be strong. You want a marriage to be strong, and, and you sense the Spirit of God you know, being forgiving and drawing people to you instead of shoving them away. When somebody else is leading your life and it's not you and your flesh, it's amazing what life begins to really look like. So, what does it, what does it exactly mean? When God, you know, he gives that negative example at first, uh, be not drunk with wine or in his excess. What does he really mean to be filled with the Spirit? And that's what I, I want to walk us through here this morning. My sincere desire is that God would give all of us the, the know-how to be filled with the Spirit every day of your life. It's not something that happens, you know, once or twice a year. There's a great, uh, maybe a great service you attended and God really dealt with your heart. Or, you know, two or three times in a year I read my Bible and it's just amazing. A couple, three times God just did amazing things for me while reading the Word of God. It's more than that. It's every day you get up when you get out of bed and you're heading, you know, you know you're up at 6 o'clock B.C. That's before coffee. And... Uh, and you're heading to the coffee pot, and, and life seems dreary, uh, when you can wake up a bit and you can get alone with the Lord, every day you should spend time with God uh, in a way that would allow His Holy Spirit to fill you. And I'm hoping we can all do that. I hope we'll determine that that's, this is the way I want to live my life. I, I hope you can determine, God, if that's what you expect and it can really happen with me, then here I am please, God, every day of my life, let me be filled with the Spirit. So let's walk through it. Number one, first that uh, command starts with a negative example, and you saw it like I did, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. The subject of wine is a, is a message, uh, maybe even a series, that is a worthy message and series that should be preached. My desire this morning is not to go into the subject of wine so much and drunkenness, but God used it as a negative example. If I can just draw a parallel for just a minute. <clears throat> uh, first, uh, drunkenness and being filled with the Spirit, they have some similarities. And uh, to look at some of those, first of all, our bodies, when a person is drunk or when he is filled with the Spirit. Think about this as you compare the two. Our bodies have been taken over from another source. Something from the outside, I ingested it into my body, and, uh, and something has taken over me. Secondly, uh, when a person is drunk or when a person is filled with the Spirit, 
Uh, we will say and do things that we would not normally say or do. Obviously, the negative side of that is very embarrassing. Uh, people have said and done things that they would give anything to be able to go backward into the day before and erase those things out of their life. But something was controlling them. They were no longer in possession of their body and their, their words and their, and their mind, and they were saying things they would not normally ever say. But when I'm filled with the Spirit, the same thing is true. Uh, somebody's in control of my life. Somebody else besides me, praise the Lord. Somebody else besides the person I was when I first was brought into this world. Somebody said, I wasn't born that way. I know, but you were born again that way. And if you'll let God work through you, it's amazing how he can control the words of your mouth and the actions and the things that we do. When a man is filled with the Spirit, things that you're, you wouldn't normally do. You say, well, that's just not me. I, I, just, I just can't talk to people like that. Well, I know that with your first birth, but with your second birth and the Spirit of God filling your life on a daily basis, that can happen. You can begin to live out a, a new life. Your husband or wife or your kids can begin to hear something new in the house that they may not have experienced in a long time. And God says, don't be drunk with wine. I mean, don't be out in the world. Don't let uh, you know these external things that come and get into your life affect you in a negative way. If you're going to let something take such a control of your life that it is now controlling you and, and no longer yourself, let it be being filled with the Spirit of God. Um, a drunk man, a man filled with the Spirit, you, you begin to lose your physical senses. You no longer concentrate on uh, you know, my senses and what seem to be so important to what I see and hear, and you begin to see it from a different perspective. In reality, uh, what he's trying to say is those who choose to let something so control their life like alcohol, if you choose to do that, it's not going to end up good. It's going to be a sin before a holy God. You're going to say and do things that are not just embarrassing but very sinful. People's lives have been destroyed. Lives have been taken because somebody chose to be filled in a way that would destroy rather than choosing to be filled with the Spirit of God that gives life to people, that encourages others and builds them up in the Lord. Of all things we should be doing, God says, don't get so full of the world that that's what controls your life. If you're going to let something saturate your life, let it be that Spirit of God that would flow in and through you. So the question comes uh, how does one be filled with the Spirit? I hope you're listening. I really, really want our congregation to get this. How am I supposed to be filled with the Spirit? I'll listen to lots of messages. I'll read different things about messages that I'll be preaching, and sometimes I'll get a, a good thought or an illustration. But most of the messages I listened to over the last couple of weeks will tell you what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit. In other words, what people act like after they're filled with the Spirit. And they'll tell you that, you know, they walk like this and they'll read the Word of God and, and that um, things I've kind of said this morning, the, you know, they get along better with people. Those are all the um, results of being filled with the Spirit. But very, very few of them were telling, how do I get that filling? How do I get so saturated that it's not me anymore? I mean, don't we get a little bit tired of our attitude sometimes? Your spouse does. Your kids do. Others around you kind of get tired of our attitude sometimes. And don't you ever get to a place where you say, I, I'm tired of being like this. I, I want to be more like God would want me to be. And uh, so how would I go about doing that? What are the, uh, what is, is there a process to that? 
So how does one be filled with the Spirit? It has been said before that it's not how much of the Spirit you have, but rather it's how much the Spirit has of you. Please let that sink in and think about that for a minute. Well, if I could just get more of the Spirit of God, I could be more like Him. That's not the case at all. If you would just let the Spirit have more of you, that's what filling really is. You see, the day you and I got saved, we got 100% of God. 100% of the Spirit of God came to indwell and live inside of us. I mean, are you saved and you know it today? Can anybody else say a little amen to that? I'm thankful for what God did for me. Uh, Could anybody else also say that I'm saved, but not every day looks like God? (laughs) Not every day of my life and not every word of my body and my uh, things I look at uh, always reflect God. Well, that's a result of uh, the Holy Spirit not having control of that part of your life. And we're going to walk through how do I get filled then with the Spirit of God. So it's the Lord living His life through me. Um, So part of the biggest problem is the Spirit cannot always take control of our lives like He would long to. Now you've got your Bibles, and I'm going to need you to turn with me quickly. We're going to look at several verses, and I need you to be with me on these spots. Will you please? Let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 5. That's the book right before Ephesians. So it won't take long to turn about five or six pages to the left. And look in Galatians 5, and I want you to see it now. I want you to see what God is saying here. And again, the problem is the Spirit cannot always take control of our lives. Look in uh, Galatians 5 and look in verses 16 and 17. And he says here this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Wow. Now that's very plain to me, that my flesh fights against the Spirit of God that's inside of me. My flesh does not want me to live out the Spirit life. My flesh wants to stay in bed for an hour longer, but I want to read the Word of God before I go to work. But the flesh fights against that. It it fights against doing what is right. But the Spirit desires, the, the Bible used the word lusteth, which just means the Spirit has a desire inside of every one of us to do right things. It really wants to say the right thing every time. It really wants me to go out and, and to do the things that a, a Christian ought to do, but there's this battle that goes on between this old flesh of mine and, uh, and the Spirit of God that lives in me. Go back over to Ephesians now. Ephesians chapter 4, go back to the right. Ephesians chapter 4, I want you to see it, and drop down to verse 30, notice what God says here, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. The first part of that says, guys, as Christians, you should not grieve God's Spirit, though the flesh wants to live out a certain way, don't give in to the flesh. Don't yield to those things. Don't begin to live your life like you did before you got saved. Um, You're grieving the Spirit of God because here's the Spirit trying to lead me in a positive, godly way, and my flesh begins to act out. And I yield to my flesh, and I let my flesh have its way. Um, Our biggest hindrance to being filled with the Holy Spirit, please hear this, 
our biggest hindrance to being filled with the Holy Spirit is that we are full. Most of the time, we're already full. You want to pour something in, but it won't go in. I, I remember we had a coffee pot that, um, you know, you, you make the coffee, obviously, it, it percolates, drops down into the pot. And um, so I forget which one of us it was, I'm sure it was Yvette, um, made a pot of coffee in that, and the, there was still like a half or a three-fourths of a pot of coffee in there. And as the coffee was coming in, there was nowhere for it to go. And it's so fun to come back into the kitchen uh, and find, you know, a pot of coffee spilled all over the counter. And it's really fun when it runs down the counter and goes into the doors and gets into that stuff. That is a great thing to happen. Well, the problem was uh, the coffee had a place to go, but it was already full. It was fresh. It would have woke us up. We would have been in much better moods. But, um, yeah, it didn't happen because the pot was already full. And the Spirit of God, I am convinced, would fill us if we weren't so full of ourself, of who I am and what I want in this life. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, listen to these verses, and I need you to try to concentrate. Luke 9, 23. And he said to them, he said to them all, if any man will come after me, you want to be like me, you want to walk like me and talk like me, if any man will come after me, Let him deny himself and take up his cross, listen to the wording, daily. Let him take up his cross daily and follow me. Verse 24, for whosoever will, listen to these words, will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. So you get saved and you still want to live your life the way you used to live. You 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 don't want to give so many things up. So the verse there is talking about Whoever saves his life will lose it. In other words, you hang on to that old life. You hang on to those old ways and that you just can't find yourself yielding those things to God. Well, go ahead and do that, but you're always going to look like, talk like, act like, have an attitude like somebody that's lost. That's what God's trying to say to us. He takes us over to Hebrews 12 and verse uh, 1, and it tells us to lay aside every sin and the weight which doth so easily beset us. In other words, guys, look into your life and find those things that you're so full of and somehow we've got to get rid of those things is what God is saying. If I'm going to fill your life, I can't come in there and crowd my way in with all these other things in life. God will not do that. Andrew and Peter, disciples of Christ, the Lord called them into service and listen to these verses when he did that. Uh, Mark 1 and verse 16, and it goes down to verse 18. It says, now, as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, you've got to imagine Christ walking and calling disciples to himself. Uh, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net out into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. Listen to verse 18. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. They laid down the very thing in life that held them back from being followers of God. They forsook their nets and they followed him. I'm just saying to us here this morning, I think God's trying to say to us, the Christian who has a self-willed life can never be filled with God's spirit as long as he is full of himself. I want to live my life the way I want to live my life. I don't, I don't need my mom and dad telling me how to live my life. I don't need some preacher up there uh, pointing his finger at me telling me how to live my life. 
let me live my life myself. Me and God have this. And what you really mean is, I have this, and every now and then I let God in on my plans. Most people are afraid to come to an altar, whether it's at a physical altar or a place where God speaks to your heart, and take their entire life and all of the plans that you have and everything that is dear to you. Uh, I remember the day I did this with my kids, and I'd heard preachers say, have you yielded everything to God, your, your children and everything? And I remember thinking, yeah, I've yielded everything, but it was like one day God tapped me on the heart and said, you know, you've not really surrendered or given your children to me. And there was something inside of me that just didn't want to go there. It was almost a scary thought to me, as if God would do bad things to my kids. And I remember that day I just yielded everything to God, like I stuffed all of my wishes and plans in a box. And I remember sitting them down, not a physical box, but I remember laying all those thoughts down at an altar and giving those to God. And what a difference that made in my life when I sensed that I was fully yielded to the Lord. So here's the first thing. I want to be filled with the Spirit. I'd like to wake up in the morning and I want to be filled with the Spirit tomorrow. I, I want to do it the next day and I want to do it the next. Matter of fact, if it can happen right here in the service, I'd love to be filled with the Spirit of God. What happens when people get filled? Do they jump up, uh, start hooting and shouting and running up and down the aisles, speaking in tongues, uh, what, praising God? Is that what happens when somebody gets filled with the Spirit? No. Let me just share these things with you. The first thing we need to do for us to be filled with the Spirit is to make an honest and full confession of our sins every day. Uh, Hebrews 12 said, Lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us or hold us back from being able to, to serve God. You've got your Bibles again. Go to the left. Let's go to the book of Romans. And uh, we're going to be there for just a little bit. The book of Romans. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. Romans 6, drop down to verse 11, and just stay there. We're going to come back there a time or two. Romans 6 and verse 11 and 12. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen to what he says in verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. It's pretty plain that God doesn't want us to live in sin. God comes to me, he'd love to fill my life. He, he has that strong, he lusteth to envy, which means he has this strong desire to live his life through me. But he comes to my life and there's this known sin in my life. I know it's wrong. I know I ought not to be doing those things. Nobody has to tell me that this is not right to be doing these things, looking at these things, saying these things, walking in these places in life. I know these things are wrong to do, but I really want to serve God. But what we don't want to do always is lay the sin down and say, God, I'm sorry and I confess this as a sin before God. God, would you forgive me for, and you name your sin. Be honest with God. Uh, confession is just agreeing with God that what that thing is, is a sin. That's what a, an, an honest confession really is. So 1 John 1, 9, I love that verse in the Bible, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
uh, numbers of times in my life, and I've seen others many times, would make their way to an altar or sometimes at a pew and would kneel down and would be confessing something before God. Uh, many times I've watched people get up, take a Kleenex on the way back to the pew after having gotten their hearts so clean before God. It felt so good to know that I was done with that sin. I'd confessed it to God. God knew I was doing it all along, but like a disobedient child, I ran from Him and wouldn't tell God about that. And all along, God wanted to fill my life and let, uh, let Him lead my life and make me a better daddy and make me a better pastor or make me a better son to my mom and dad back home. And I ran from that. Why do we run from the things that make us better? If you're going to be filled with the Spirit of God, you've got to get empty. You can't run around carrying a, a bucket full of uh, you know, sin in my life and, and unwilling to let God change me. So every day I get up, and I mean this, every day of my life, somewhere in my devotions, I have a time where I just honestly confess my sin before God. And, uh, and I just tell him, God, I know there's presumptuous sins, which are sins that I do on purpose, and I know it. And then there's sins of ignorance, things that I didn't even realize was sinful in my life. And I just confess, if there's anything that I've done before you that is a sin to God, would you forgive me? I want a clean heart, and I want the Lord to be able to, to use me. So once our hearts are clean from sin now, I mean, we've got a vessel worthy of God filling us with His Spirit. I mean, what, would you really walk over and find a glass on the counter? And uh, those of you that have kids, uh, this is probably common occurrence, um, there's this glass that's got this much milk left in it, or, you know, the sippy cup in the, that fell behind the seat and nobody knew it was there. And you pulled it out, and you opened it up, and it's now cottage cheese. used to be milk, and it smells worse than cottage cheese, things we don't want to talk about. Would you honestly, hey, would you honestly take that cup and pour fresh milk in there and say, ah, good cold glass of milk with my Oreos? You guys can do that, but I'm going to go over to the cupboard and pull a cup out that's been washed, and it's clean. And when God wants to fill somebody with His Spirit, he looks for somebody that's just confessed their sin and made it right. It's really very simple. Number two. So number one, first thing you need to do to be filled with the Spirit is to make an honest and full confession of our sin. The next thing we've got to do uh, to be filled with the Spirit, and, and this is an important one, is yield yourself to Him. Did you hold your place in Romans if you're still in Romans, I need you to see this. Romans chapter 6. You can kind of lose all the other places that we may have been at. Romans 6 is where I'm going to end up. And drop now back down to where we ended a while ago into verse 13. So let's read it now, verse 11 to 13, where he said, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Now notice what he says. Um, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. That's that being drunk with wine thing. But yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, Again, when I am praying to the Lord and um, 
and I've confessed my sin, and I, I'm telling the Lord, I, I want to be right with you today. I want to walk in fellowship with you, God, and I confess my sin before the Lord. The very next thing I do is, is just to say, God, then here's my body. I yield every, that's the wording, I yield every member of my body to you. I could yield the members of my body, I could yield my tongue to, to wrong talk and wrong words. I, I could yield my tongue to something that's wrong to ingest in my body. I, I could yield my flesh to something that would be wrong to put into my body. Or I could yield my members to go in places where I should not go. But I'm telling you this, when I, when I take the time to yield every member of my body to God, sometimes I'll just say, God, here's my feet. Let me go where you want me to go. Here's my hands, my eyes, my ears, my nose. I, I yield everything to God. And Lord, use this body, every member of my body, as an instrument of righteousness for God's sake. It's one thing to clean the vessel out and then tuck it away somewhere and hope nobody ever picks it up. It's another to clean the glass out and set it up right in front of the, the jug of milk and say, fill her up. And when my life is clean and I've confessed, and I know my heart is right with God, and I just yield myself to Him. And when God finds a clean, yielded vessel, you say, well, where's the filling come in? I, years ago, we had this Christmas tree. <laughs> I don't have a lot of time. We had this Christmas tree. We went and cut one down, and we got the biggest, the biggest, fattest Christmas tree. Someone gave us a little card, free. So if it's free, get the biggest and the best, right? So, uh, and we did, and that thing was so full and heavy. And we, I remember we got it all decorated and stood back and looked at it. <laughs> Crashed to the ground. We had this little pot of water that it sat in, and, and that, that happened three times. That was a Merry Christmas. Three different times that happened that night. But what we would do is we would... You know, you had to keep those things watered or the, you know, the needles dry out and all that. So we filled the stand that the tree is standing in with water. And then we had this, this thing you could, it was a pop bottle and you turn it upside down. And it had a tube that ran over. And as the water would run out here um, and, and would dissipate, the water that was in this bottle would just slowly take its place. It would replace it. In the Christian life, when I have gotten rid of those things that are making me full of myself and I've yielded myself to God, there's not just a vacuum there now. The Holy Spirit of God, remember, he lusteth to, to envy, which means he desires. He longs to fill a person's life and lead us to walk in a way that God wants us to live. And as I am being rid of myself, the Spirit of God just naturally fills in the gaps. And I'm... You say, how do you feel when you get filled with the Spirit? A whole lot like I did five minutes before. I, it's not like I feel like jumping up and down hooting and hollering, but I do feel better before God. I feel like I'm clean. I do feel that. But it's, like, it's not like this electricity flows through my life, but I do know that God is leading my life. It's no longer me, but God. And I will tell you this. You go home and you spend time with your spouse or your kids, and your flesh begins to want to live its life, and you, you get angry, and you begin to say something, there's a spirit inside of you nudging you, saying, hey, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. The flesh's not leading your life. I am. And, you, and you'll sense that. The Spirit of God will show you that. 
and will lead your life. You, you talk about, I, I'm afraid to be a witness for the Lord. I'm afraid to go out, tell the world about God. I'm just, that's just not me. I know it's not you. It's God. And when you yield and you die to you, and it's no longer about your life and it's God's life, it's amazing the things that happen. Some of us find it really hard, uh, like in a really tough argument sometimes, with a spouse even sometimes, to get those words out and realize I'm wrong, I need to make this right, I need to be the one to make the first move. It's really hard to do that when you're so full of you. And Jesus is just saying, let me. It's really easy when I'm the one doing that. It just depends on who you want to yield to. Who runs your life? Who runs your life at church? In your marriage? Driving, road rage. Um, who runs your life? I, I already know the answer. It's the one that you yield to. It's the one you're full of. And I, I know this today, that God can turn a church inside out. He can change your life if you let him fill you instead of your flesh. So what does a pastor say after a message like that? I would just encourage you, if you know there's something in your heart that shouldn't be there, you know it's not right, God's been so clear in the word of God, get rid of that thing. Go before the Lord and confess it as a sin. Ask God to forgive you and he'll instantly do that. Spirit of God's already trying to get you to do that. Number two, you say, well, preacher, I think I've, I think I've got that handled in my life. Then, then Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I make this presentation. I yield every member of my body to the Lord. How long has it been since you just laid your life out before God and said, here I am, Lord, use me. I am convinced we'll have a stronger church, stronger families, stronger individuals, as we seek every day to be filled with the Spirit of God. I'm going to ask you to, to bow your heads with me, our heads bowed and every eye closed as we go to the Lord in prayer. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.